Hello, I'm Emma Forsyth, and you're listening to A Little Forsyth, the podcast where I ask people what would they say to their younger self if they could. I want to know what advice, information, tips or encouragement they would give themselves that will hopefully help or entertain others who listen in too. I suppose you could call it Foresight through the benefit of hindsight. I really hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Emma Forsyth, and you're listening to A Little Foresight, the podcast where I ask people what would they say to their younger self if they could. I want to know what advice, information, tips or encouragement they would give themselves that will hopefully help or entertain others who listen in too. I suppose you could call it foresight through the benefit of hindsight. I really hope you enjoy it. My guest today trained as a lawyer and worked for Amnesty before pursuing his mission of fighting food waste. He's the co-founder of Too Good To Go, the world's largest marketplace for surplus food. He's a second generation Irish man with a proud lineage. He was named a trailblazing activist in the 50 Next Class of 2021, one young world's entrepreneur of the year in August 2020, one of Forbes 30 under 30 in Europe in February 2019, and was shortlisted for the Entrepreneur for Good Award at the NatWest Great British Entrepreneur Awards 2019. That's a lot. Jamie Crummy. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you very much. That's quite a long intro. Um, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> I was like, oh, sure, I'll get all of the accolades in at the start. Yeah, you're making me blush there. <laughs> well, there you go. You deserve it. So we were just chatting very quickly beforehand and you were saying, I know that you love rugby. You were saying you wish you'd managed to make your trip to Dublin to launch Too Good To Go come hand in hand with the uh, All Blacks game on Saturday. Yeah, no, I, I was over there Thursday and Friday, so um, <laughs> I was very tempted to um, to stay. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I made the mistake of coming back over. But um, I will be there for the next one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a fabulous game. Absolutely brilliant. They played so well. It's exactly how you need to play against New Zealand. No, definitely. And uh, one of our uh, team actually in Ireland, uh, his... Um, I guess soon to be brother-in-law is one of the Irish players, so ah. even more more reason for um, <laughs> uh, for for me to go over. <laughs> yeah, you actually you actually could get a ticket. You see, <laughs> they're like gold dust, but there you go. Oh dear. So, Jamie, as I was just explaining at the start, there you launched the amazing company Too Good to Go, and you have re- recently launched in Ireland. Yes, no, it's been a long time coming. And actually, all my family are asking why it's taken so long to uh, launch Too Good To Go in Ireland. And I really need to come up with a better reason. Um, but uh, no, it's fantastic to be to be live and active in Dublin now. And, and we're really excited to see um, the impact we're having so far. Like mm-hmm. We've just rescued over, over 10,000 meals in, in six weeks. It's amazing. Which we're, which we're super chuffed about and, and really looking forward to as well as bringing Too Good To Go across, across Ireland as well. Yeah, so I suppose I could explain, or it might be better if you explain exactly what Too Good To Go does. Yes, it would be my pleasure. So Too Good To Go is a social impact company. We're predominantly known for our our mobile platform, our app, which connects individuals or consumers with businesses who have surplus food for sale. 
So it's a a very simple solution to a complex issue, which is which is food waste itself. Um, but as I say, the the app itself is based on on simplicity, and you log on to the Too Good To Go app, and you'll see a, a whole host of different food businesses. You then purchase what we refer to as a surprise bag, and then collect that from the business itself during an allotted collection window. And you know the types of businesses we work with are, are an eclectic mix. You know they're everything from sort of your local uh, local cafe or bakery three to high street coffee chains and even supermarkets, hotels, and other other retailers. Now this is all in the all in sort of the notion of of reducing food waste and a way in which <laughs> inspires and empowers like individuals but also businesses to to do this like one small thing to which is reducing food waste um which is all about having a positive impact so it's it's something which is you know which is great fun it really is it's 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 great fun to be able to collect food and rescue food that would otherwise go to waste um whilst also you know doing so with um by by paying paying for it through an app at prices which don't cost the earth yeah like i i've logged on a few times and i've even seen some of the garages you know that serve mm. even they have the food on which it's just brilliant that you're you know make that we can very easily make a change and that's what's so good about it as you know everyone wants to make changes and we all feel like you know we're doing as much as we can but we're all slightly lazy let's be honest <laughs> and if something is this easy then you know it's like a no-brainer well <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, we, there are a few of us who are probably guilty of being a little bit lazy when it comes to things. I think um, a Saturday morning, um, I know I certainly have some family members who uh, who probably could be a little bit more proactive. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, by the by, I think you know when we're talking about you know climate change and, and the climate crisis, you know we can often get you know overwhelmed and by the by the size of the problem and you know what we're really trying to achieve with too good to go is is to you know empower people that you know they can just do one small thing and that one small thing is is reducing food waste and mm-hmm. you know using an app like too good to go it is incredibly simple you know it's incredibly accessible but it's also fun and mm-hmm. you know i often talk about this as being you know the three ingredients that we have to to make um, you know, fighting food waste and thus fighting climate change, something which is achievable for everyone. And, you know, the app itself is very simple. Yeah. You, know, you, you just rescue food, you pay a reduced price and you get a surprise bag. But it's accessible in the sense that we're utilizing, you know, mobile technology. You know, we all have, mm-hmm. have phones. Um, so in that sense, you know, we all have access to the solution. It's in our pockets. We've just got to be told how to use it. But then ultimately, it's got, got to be fun, you know. Um, and, you know, what is more fun than going and collecting a, a surprise bag of your favorite foods from, uh, you know, whatever bakery, restaurant, cafe or supermarket that, 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 that might be? That's what I was literally just about to say. What's not to love about getting reduced price baked goods from a bakery and not even knowing what you're going to get? But, you know, <laughs> yeah. excellent. So um, what would current Jamie say to younger Jamie if you could? 
what, uh, what would current Jamie say to younger Jamie um, that, well, one, that Ireland would beat the All Blacks three times within a few <laughs> years, because um, growing up, that certainly didn't seem like it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, um, you know, I think I've been someone who's come from a very strong household, which has been all about you know, empowering me, myself and, you know, my siblings about uh, social justice. And, you know, growing up, you know, my parents have always been a huge inspiration to myself. And, you know, they are activists themselves. And, you know, the, the dinner table when I was a kid was, you know, was was fueled with discussions around uh, current affairs, activism, uh, social justice and things like that. So, you know, I think what, I, what I'm certainly grateful of is that as a younger self, I had the foundations to, um, you know, to be able to to push forward and and continue trying to strive for um, social justice, for social impact and environmental impact. And um, so, I guess that is something which I would tell my younger self was to was to you know continually to be passionate about about those things which uh, which, which you care about. And you know, th- those are things I'd say to everyone is um, follow those things which you are which you are passionate about. Um, and it doesn't need to be a um, a specific thing, but rather you know broader causes. And I am a huge believer in in um, in finding causes and and really fighting for them. Um, because if you know, we're just going to sit back, you know, there are some huge things at, at hand at the moment. The climate crisis being one of them. But if we if we're not going to do something about it, um, we can't rest on others doing it for us. So stand up and make our voices heard. Absolutely. I have an eight-year-old daughter and, you know, there's so many things going on in the world, obviously, at the minute. Um, And you try and explain everything, but in a way that it's not scary or overwhelming. So like stuff like this, you know, talking about climate crisis with her, which I do, and trying to talk about climate change. And obviously, you know, we've gone down the whole route of using our reusable bottles and all the rest of the stuff and trying to do, which Mm -hmm. I know is only a tiny amount. But for her, you know, the fact that she now doesn't like her toothbrush you know it's electric or else if she has to it's a bamboo one you know we're kind of trying to make the changes so early on with her that it's just natural for her but at the same time you don't want to scare them but like something like your app doesn't makes it fun as you said it makes it easy but it also means that it's ingrained and it's going in the whole time so you're right it's so important to get them when they're young (laughs) (laughs) yes definitely I mean we've we've done a whole load of things with schools Mm-hmm. Based on this notion of of trying to capture and inspire uh, people when they are young, as yes. as 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 you say, so we've done things from um, you know cooking classes with young people through to poetry competitions, which incorporate uh, knowledge about food waste into um, into poems, mm-hmm. to then even um, you know launching um, you know school resources for um, for students and for teachers. To be able to incorporate, you know, this 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 food waste learning in in into practice, because I'm a huge believer of pester power yeah. and the power that you know young young people have to go back to their parents and you know whether yeah. it's telling them about recycling or whether it's telling them about um, reducing food waste, how these uh, you know how you know young young children have the power of influencing their their, their parents for the, mm-hmm. for the for the better. Absolutely, actually, yeah, I must get that information off you because I'm sure Maya's school would be. Very interested in, in finding out stuff about that. Definitely. So, what else would you tell younger Jamie? What else would I tell younger Jamie? Um, is that 
a huge, huge list of things I tell. Um, well, I'll you know, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's quite an open question, isn't it? It is. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, I think professionally, again, it goes back to um, you know, certain things. And I, I guess a big thing that I'm a huge, a huge believer in is the notion of collaboration. And, you know, I talked about being passionate for certain causes and things like that and, and standing up and making sure your, your voice is heard. But it's also by um, collaborating with others that we can have a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly something that you know we've extended into Too Good to Go itself, which is this notion of of collaboration. I mean, when we when we look at our our app, it is about you know connecting and collaborating with people, whether it's connecting and collaborating with um, individuals or consumers, or the same mm-hmm. with businesses. Um, we've also collaborated with a whole load of people across uh, the food systems, whether that's in in policy or whether that's in in manufacturing. Um, to really amplify the message around food waste. So, you know, my, my, I guess my thinking would be going back about, you know, harnessing the power of collaboration and working with others and not thinking that everything needs to be done by yourself. Um, You know, there was a phrase that we had myself and my co-founders, which is, you know, we could go far alone or we could go further together and really embracing this notion of, of, of collaborating and working with people to ensure that you know the the, the collective yeah, impact that we could have on the um, on the planet would be significantly higher. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. If we all try and do our own thing, you know, <laughs> there's never going to be the same impact as if people at least try and come together, merge. I know everybody's not going to be the same, but at least try and you know have as you mm-hmm. said a collaboration that kind of makes us go a lot further. You're completely right. I love your little your little tagline saying there. It's excellent. <laughs> But yeah, so, um, and also it would be very remiss not to speak about COP26 because mm-hmm. you know, it's been just just over. You were there, saw loads, you meeting loads of influential, important people. Yeah, no, it was an incredible two weeks there at, at COP and, you know, really being fortunate enough to sort of wave the two good to go flag, so to speak, and, and represent the organization to ensure that you know, food waste was being discussed about mm-hmm. um, in in varying different capacities. So I think, you know, first and foremost, the main the main reflection is is that you know COP twenty six has been billed and is you know the the most important climate conference of our generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it's been you know quite hard for a lot, lot of people to fathom and comprehend that. Um, you know, we've even done some research here at Too Good to Go, which found that you know. Thirty uh, percent, you know, of people were unaware of what COP twenty six actually was. Mm-hmm. So it became something which you know, the majority of people were unaware of. So I guess it's always worthwhile just um, having that reflection that COP twenty six is the is very much regarded as the most important climate conference of our generation because it's the first time that uh, you know uh, countries were coming together to outline what their roadmap was to achieve. Um, um, to to achieve and ensure that we could we could limit global warming by two degrees from pre-industrial levels and keep 1.5 within reach. So I think you know first of all, just being involved in that in some capacity is incredibly like inspiring to ourselves and particularly to myself. But the yeah, I think the initial reflections on COP was it was very sad to see that our food systems 
and particularly food waste, which is not central or pivotal to those uh, to those discussions which were happen there, which is really um, a shame to see, particularly when we see the environmental impact of food waste itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So food waste accounts for like 10% of global greenhouse gas emissions. Our food systems and agriculture at large is between 25 and 30% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. Yet for some reason, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't central there um, to the discussions at COP. So I think that is the, is the, is the main, um, you know, reflection is the sadness that, that food waste wasn't part of, of those main discussions. Of the 170 plus uh, countries which were taking part in COP, only 6% of those had food waste um, involved in some capacity in their national determined contributions. And when we say national determined contributions, that's effectively how countries are going to help limit um, global heating um, of, of, of the planet. That being said, um, I think some of the, the amazing things from COP was often the, 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 uh, the discussions and the activity which was happening outside of the main conference itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was involved in a whole host of different fringe events happening around Glasgow, and it was amazing to see the level of activism. Yes. You know, and, and that was that was brilliant. Like, I am so inspired by what uh, the youth of today are doing. Now, I thought myself was quite young, just being in my 30s, but uh, <laughs> um, when I was meeting 14-year-olds, um, yeah. 18-year-olds, 16-year-olds who have achieved so much by that age um, and being so passionate yeah. about um, about fighting, you know, the climate crisis. I was overwhelmingly inspired. That's amazing. Um, additionally to that, I had the pleasure of, um, you know, of meeting lots of people from Indigenous communities across uh, across the world and hearing their stories around, around the climate crisis. You know, we often um, talk about the climate crisis itself and, the impact it's having on the planet, and we forget to really talk about the impact it's having on people. Yeah, the micro when, as well, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And when we see uh, the impact it's having on Indigenous communities, those who have done the least um, environmental damage to our world are suffering firsthand uh, the impacts of, of the climate crisis. Now, I was speaking to um, a, a tribe of, of Indigenous persons from the Panamese islands just off the coast of, of Panama. And, you know, they are one of the first victims of, of climate change in Latin America. And, you know, actually hearing their stories of how their homes, uh, their islands are, are, are at risk of, of no longer existing because of rising sea levels, it, it really puts into, into context, you know, why it is that uh, this climate crisis and why this COP was so important. So, yeah, I think... Um, I'm still in the process of digesting everything from COP, but it um, it was certainly an amazing experience, um, and in which I was uh, hugely inspired by the level of activism um, and the level of of um, um, optimism from uh, from the youth. That's great, and whilst as you said, it's probably slightly disheartening that there wasn't as much focus put on it it is incredibly fitting that during cop um too good to go rescued over 100 million meals from going to waste in only six years that's pretty impressive 
Yeah, no, it, it was. It was so we hit that milestone during COP, which yeah. I think is is incredibly fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a hundred mils is um, is something super special, and and what a huge landmark that we hit. And you know, people are asking me, hey, what does it mean? And it, it it really sort of to me it demonstrates just that appetite. You know, pardon the uh, the cheesy pun, but yeah, you know, <laughs> really demonstrates the appetite for individuals but also for 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 businesses big and small to really start doing something around around fighting food waste and you know the fact that we're we're now live in 17 17 countries mm-hmm. with over 45 million users um that together uh businesses and individuals that are fighting food waste at such scale is, is hugely optimistic definitely so just to veer away slightly from whilst i quite conscious that this topic is so important <laughs> let, let, let's uh, let's see what else would if, if you weren't talking to yourself purely about you know your activism and your career and what else would you tell your younger self um I think the you know the the one thing I'm super blessed with as well is is a great net network of friends um and I've always been incredibly loyal to to my friends themselves, and and similarly, I've had to, I've had that um, you know back on myself. So I think again, one thing is just is reminding yourself of the importance of friendship and 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 what that re- and then what that companionship does to yourself. Because when we are um, living lives, whether in a professional context or whatever, we rely so much on these on our on our friendships for a form of escapism and. And, and to bring us back down to earth. So I'm, yeah, hugely grateful to the, to the friendships that I have, which have been able to share a whole host of memories, whether it's watching rugby together and, um, unfortunately wit- witnessing many island quarterfinal defeats, but, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, um, it's also sharing great, great memories in which I've been able to travel places and, and really help shape, um, you know, my outlook in life through um um through sharing that with friends really. Yeah, and if, if the pandemic has shown us anything, it's really the importance of of the clo- the people who are closest to you in your mm. life and how when, when you're separated from them it's it's quite it can be quite hard actually and it's it's nice now that we're able to get back to seeing people and Hugging the occasional person, not too many, because you know, Delta <laughs> and all that. But still, um, it's different. I know because you're obviously based in in London. I assume it's it's different for you there than it is here. We're still very much kind of like, oh, <laughs> whereas a lot of my friends or clients who've gone to London are like, it didn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. exist over there. <laughs> I was I was literally just having that conversation with a colleague, <laughs> and having been in in the past two weeks, having been able to go to uh, to Scotland. Yeah. To go to Ireland and then back to London. Yeah. The, the different, um, I guess mindsets and approaches to, uh, to the pandemic are, are, are starkly different. And, um, I think that's quite interesting as well to see how we, how, um, yeah, how that evolves. Yeah, definitely. Oh, look. It'll all be gone at some stage. Well, it won't be gone, but we'll have control of it. So mm. let's, let's, I feel I like. Know, you know, we've been talking about it for so long. I know, I know we have, haven't we? Like but it also goes, shows, I guess, you know, as well, like on the theme of friendship, just, you know, when you have friends who are based, you know, in, in other, other countries and mm-hmm. things like that, you know, that, um, that level of isolation that you can feel and, and, you know, why it's, yeah, it's so great to be able to, 
you know, hug people, as you say, um, and actually see people in real life and, and within the flesh, because as great as technology is, it doesn't, it doesn't quite replicate, no. um, you know, those in, in, in real life or in, in person experiences. No, definitely not. And look, fingers crossed, we won't be going back to any lockdowns in the near future at, or at all. But uh, anyway, so yeah. you touched on traveling there while you were talking about your friendship. Would that be something you would tell your younger self in relation to travel? Definitely. Like, I mean, within within moderation and reason, right? Um, with my uh, climate hat on, yeah. I got to be careful of that of that carbon footprint from flying. But you know, I've um, you know, I have had the the luxury which many people aren't afforded, which is, is, you know, the joy of, of traveling and experience different cultures and um, meeting people from, you know, all different uh, pockets of the world. I think, you know, I, I counted, I think I've been to over 45 different countries in the world, which, um, um, yeah, it's a bit, bit of a humble brag there. Apologies. Uh, but, um, you know, again, like just by having, having that experience and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, experiencing different cultures has been huge. And, you know, I, I was brave enough or lucky enough at the age of 18, 19, um, myself and two buddies, we decided that, uh, you know, we'd, um, we'd pack our jobs in and we'd go off exploring the world. So we went off and spent a couple months around uh, Latin America and then wow. went off around Australia and New Zealand and then around Southeast Asia. And, you know, that there was, was a huge experience and it definitely changed my, my outlook on the world. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's through doing like that is where I met some amazing people, had some amazing friendships, but it's, it's definitely shaped to um, the person I am today. Yeah. So hugely grateful of, um, of those experiences. Yeah, I think I, I love travel as well. Um, and I think sometimes we we kind of forget how privileged we are mm. where we live in Western Europe. And I think sometimes traveling, not only you get to experience the fabulous side of things, and you get to see the beauty and the nature, <clears> and you get to meet different people. But I think sometimes we also get to see and it starkly reminds how privileged we actually are. A, we're able to travel, which yes. not everybody is. But B, when we see what we have here in comparison to what other people have and they're often very happy and you know but still mm. I think there's a lot of a lot of things about travel that makes you realize how how privileged you are and then at the same time you know that traveling doesn't always need to be internationally nope. uh, like the uh, holidays I've had in Ireland are some of the best holidays I've had going up the um uh, the Atlantic the Atlantic coast is yeah. is is brilliant and one of my um, yeah great memories is when I was down in the south of Ireland, and my dad was determined that I would uh, I would learn Irish. <laughs> so, I have no idea why this memory is so prominent, but we were uh, we were just on the coast there, and myself and my my siblings were. We were tasked with learning um, how to count the ten in Irish before um, before we could leave. But again, you know, it was through you know just I guess being in um, in in and exploring pockets of of Ireland. You know, you ended up learning a lot more about our Irish culture and mm-hmm. and the language and things like that, which is obviously something hugely important to my to my family. Can you count to ten? 
I can. It is one of my, uh, I can do it now if you want me to. Oh, you know, yep. again, I'm just full of humble brags, aren't I? Um, now you have to t- you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but a hena do a tree a kaha kuga shega shaka hoka niga jeg. Very good. <laughs> well done. Still remembered. A kupla fuckle. Although to be fair, I mean my Irish, my my eight year old probably nearly her Irish is probably nearly better than mine at this stage. It's disgraceful. Uh, but anyway, so uh, yes, actually the pandemic is. One of the good things about it was the staycationing in Ireland for us as well, because um, I had totally forgotten how much I loved my Ireland trips when I was younger. And we did a couple of oh, beautiful, like we went to Kerry a couple of times and to Clare. And you do really kind of go, mm. okay, now I see why so many people come to Ireland. Although I would argue that it's still international travel for you. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, actually, I'm going to um, I'm going to be going to Scotland next year for the first time ever, and I'm shocked that at my age I've actually never managed to go there. And my name is Forsyth, so I have Scottish roots. So I right. really, really should have at some stage. But I'm I'm very excited about getting to go there. Oh, that that'll be brilliant! Yeah, I had um, I spent some time up in the Highlands this year. Wow! And it was it was brilliant. The set of James Bond in uh, Skyfall. Yes. In Loch Loman. It was brilliant. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm getting to go to Glasgow, so it's not quite the Highlands, but still, right. I'm very much <laughs> looking, looking forward to actually getting to experience it um, at this stage. So, is there anything else Jamie would tell his younger self? I, I'm also aware that you are quite young still, but, you know. Um, what would be the things I would, I would really tell my younger self? Um, well, I've touched on on friendship and you yeah. know, the 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 brilliance of of traveling and experiencing new cultures, uh, the importance of like uh, collaborating and and um, you know finding a cause and and keeping that 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 passion. Any um, little personal tips or advice? Um, for me as well, I is I'm a, a huge person who loves to just keep learning. Um, you know, there was probably one stage I think my family thought would I ever actually stop learning um, uh, uh, from a formal education perspective. And, um, you know, I think, you know, that can take different forms, right? We can do that through um, formal education, but we're, we're constantly learning and um, and things like that. So it was, I guess, other sort of advice for myself would be just to 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 keep learning and keep want, wanting to develop. You know, I'm... A, um, yeah, someone who like I've I've had dyslexia uh, throughout my life, and and learning was often always like a you know quite a quite a struggle for myself, particularly when it came to things like reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, having that that perseverance and I guess that competitive streak within me, um, you know, I wanted to be able to you know read the books my siblings were or my you know the books that people were giving me. Um, but it was through um, you know through just this, I guess, this hunger and desire to keep learning and to, for self-improvement and that, um, you know, I was able to, you know, discover and, and understand and appreciate loads of different things which are happening um, within, um, you know, within the, the current situation. So, yeah, I guess I would tell my younger self to, um, to just keep wanting to learn and, and keep pushing those boundaries. Yeah, I love hearing stories of people that, determination when they have 
something that would be considered by some people to be a block to learning, like um, Freya Ridings apparently is dyslexic. Mm. And she was saying she's very lucky to have grown up in a family that they're all entertainers. Her dad, you know, voiced Daddy Pig mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff in Peppa. Um, but that she loved singing and she loved writing, but she felt she couldn't write. She couldn't follow necessarily writing music the way she was being taught in school. And her family just said to her, well, you write it your way. And like the amazing right. songs that she has, she's now written. And it's purely because she had the backing of her family saying, well, just mm. because this is how you're being told to do it doesn't mean you have to do it your own way. So I love hearing stories like that. I yeah. And I often think like, like the way I think of things is probably totally different yeah. to how, to how others do. So, um, you know, would I, would I be where I was if my mind didn't think this way? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I see things and, and problems in a different, different, I guess, frame to, to others do. Yeah, um, I have a few people, uh, friends and, and close family who have dyslexia. And um, yeah, definitely think about things differently. I think it's it's brilliant because it's that little twist on, on how you, your brain goes to things that often ex- makes hmm. you explore a different avenue that the rest of us mightn't necessarily. No, so, definitely. Have you ever been given a really good piece of advice. Can you think of anything? I have been given a whole host of advice, actually. I have been, um, I have been very lucky to be given so much advice that sometimes it, com- it contradicts one another. <laughs> um, but, um, um, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, advice that I've been given is around um, like the person um, and I think, yeah, one of the, one of the big pieces of advice I, I've been given was about, um, detaching your ego from things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can, uh, apply that to all different sort of scenarios in, in life, whether professional or, or personal. Um, but it was about, you know, making sure that when you make these decisions, it's, it's, it's not about sort of you. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's actually about thinking about the bigger picture. I think that there is something which is always, always really um, uh, stuck with me, which is um, to try and see the bigger picture when it comes to things and, and attract your, your own ego um, when it comes to whether that's, again, things in a, a personal or professional capacity. Mm-hmm. That's actually great advice because we, we very often do just look at things from our point of view, forgetting mm-hmm. about the many other points of view that, yes. that are out there. Um, is there anything you would have done any different? Anything I would have done differently. You've done it exactly how you want. (laughs) (laughs) There were a whole host of things I would have done differently. Um, But would I actually do them differently? I don't know because I think the way that we uh, respond to challenges and how we respond to adversity is often, um, you know, helps us to develop as a a person. Um, I can look back to playing various different sport games, um, whether it's – rugby matches growing up as a kid and do I wish I played that last pass probably yeah. uh, would I have done that differently I, if in the same situation I probably would have um but I do think uh, you know by and large it is by these these challenges and these obstacles that we face it's how how we respond to them and how we learn learn from them Absolutely. because if everything went our way the whole time uh, we would be um, entirely different people and, and species at large definitely although you would have changed your flight on Friday. <laughs> yes, I would have checked my flight on Friday, for sure. <laughs> and 
gut instinct would be something that I think is really important. Do you listen to yours? Now, that is a very good question. Do I listen more to my gut or do I listen to try more to my head? Um, and I think it often depends on the situation at hand. Um, but I, yeah, I think your intuition is often something to be, to be guided by. Um, but then try and rationalize thing with some, with some greater reflection. So it is a, yes, a imperfect answer I've given to that, but I think it's often a cocktail of both. Um, we're guided by our, um, by in, intuition, but we can reflect on things to help, uh, shape and frame what choices and, and, and approaches we take. Yeah. I know personally, if I ignore my gut, chances are whatever I've ignored my gut on will be the opposite to what I wanted to be. It will have gone the wrong way. Because um, we can very often, can't we? We can yeah. very often talk ourselves out of um, out of decisions and things like that. Absolutely. Um, so it is a fine line. But I think, um, you know, we can be a, a, you know, we can be often far too, influenced by external factors and which is where the your intuition and things like that come into come come into play and i see that um your nana was one of the first irish flight attendants for Aer Lingus. she was indeed yes <laughs> she um uh yeah my nana was a great a great woman yeah she um yeah she was one of the of the uh first um first air hostesses for um uh for Aer Lingus before she met my grandpa mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah sa- sadly lost her a few well over 10 years ago now yeah. but um uh, yeah no she was an incredible woman and again someone who you know I'm quite fortunate I guess and where I have a a, a family with who have been hugely successful um and and thus like inspirational within their own right so we've been a overachieving bunch I guess for um for many years. I mean, my great grandfather, my nana's father, even he, um, a guy called Sean P. McHenry. He was a, um, a old scholar and was a huge champion of the Irish language, which sadly has, um, has quite passed on to, um, onto myself. But yeah, a, a very, very, um, yeah, very, very fortunate, I guess, to have these 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 huge inspirational figures within within my family to reflect on. But um, uh, yeah, brilliant, none, nonetheless. Yeah, and your your grandfather had a cap for Ireland. He did, yes, yes, he did. He used to play for um, Drogheda FC. Yeah. I think he even played in uh, the European European Championships with them. And yeah, got a got a senior cap for Ireland as well, well. however many years ago. But um, yeah, my um, none of us have actually myself, nor my cousins, or my siblings have quite lived up to the uh, the sporting <laughs> the sporting uh, benchmark he uh, he put up there. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe one of my cousins or uh, children, if I ever have them, will uh, will be able to uh, to trump that with a second cap. Who knows? And uh, you you played rugby. Did you ever play football? Um, I did play. Um, so I, my dad moved over to, from Ireland in the seventies uh, and he's been part of a, a, a football club here in London. Okay. So he's still the, uh, still the chairman of it. And I've, um, I've run out a few times for them as a corner forward, 
but I, uh, yeah, the the rugby instinct is always to run a a deep line, and I, I could never quite uh, translate <laughs> onto the onto the football field. But no, I I go over every year again because of I guess my my dad's connection with the GA. Um, go over every year for the All Island. Um, he's yet to miss one since 1983. Wow. So uh, yeah, we go over every year, and it's 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 great crack being able to able to watch it and uh, not necessarily play it but uh, a, a good spectator <laughs> and uh, do you think that um the crowds are different this is something i'd be interested do you think crowds are different in the uk and, and ireland in, in england and ireland or do you think they're similar across all sports yeah, well, you know, you're not going to go to too many big GAA games, um, <laughs> but like uh, rugby or rugby football. football. So yeah, I mean, that's my uh, second passion, I guess, after activism is sport. Like, I'm absolutely obsessed with live sports. So I've I've been able to go and, and watch Ireland in New Zealand. I've followed the Ireland football team across the Euros in France, yeah. um, and. At the same time, I've I've had the displeasure, I guess, of watching many England victories with some of my <laughs> with some of my pals over here. Um, but yeah, no, the to the fans change. Uh, the English rugby fans are, um, I would say, a lot more well to do mm-hmm. uh, than Island rugby fans. I'd like to say that from my experience. Island rugby fans are a lot more representative. So I see a lot more women involved in mm-hmm. um, I- Irish rugby than I do in the UK. Um, but look, I think all sports fans are great fun. And yeah. um, uh, who, who, who could sing the loudest is probably yeah. reflective of, of the scoreline at the time. <laughs> but um, no, it's always great fun. Yeah, I'm actually going to my first live sporting event in... I well, obviously, in a long time at the end of this month, I'm going to the FAI Cup final, so um, I'm very much looking forward to that. I used to in my in my previous life, I was a, a presenter on a lot of different sporting events, so right. racing and football mm-hmm. and different things like that, and and I always kind of kept it up. But then having my end stuff, it kind of puts it a hold. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get to as many things. You can't just drop everything to drive to Derry and drive back on a Friday yeah, night yeah. <laughs> to see a game. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to it now. It'll be strange being in that big, huge crowd, like genuinely, you know, this whole pandemic thing. Mm. Um, but it'll be it'll be nice to go and uh, and get to experience the the real. There's nothing that beats a live sporting event. There is. It's just yeah. you know, no, like, definitely. As, as, as great as it can be watching stuff on your on your your couch and this weekend I you know I had the rugby and then the Brazilian Formula One and the Ireland football game and there was lots of sport on but it's not you know it's just nothing like actually being there and experiencing it so but at the same time the um the sadness that you feel (laughs) when it doesn't I've got a lot better and I guess probably looking back at what I would tell my younger self um is probably that losing games it it really isn't the end of the world which um (laughs) there were periods of my life where I genuinely felt that way yes Um, I completely know what I uh, (laughs) I, even it wasn't even that 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 long ago which is quite embarrassing (laughs) but um I remember the Rugby World Cup in 2015 Ireland v Argentina at 
in Millennium Stadium, I was in the worst mood ever after that game. Um, you would have thought I was mourning. Um, and <laughs> I genuinely thought that year, like, Ireland were going to win the, uh, the World Cup. World Cup. Uh, I think I got tickets all the way to the final. <laughs> but the good thing about that is you can always sell them. I, yes. I have a friend um, who when he's at a sporting event, he'll he'll always wear a hoodie because he'll put it up and he'll literally only have his eyes poking out of it for oh, either the parts when it's really good or when it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Sounds I, like I, Kenny it, from South Park. It pretty much, yeah. And I completely understand where he's coming from. I even the other day watching the rugby, I was like, ah! <laughs> pulling my, my top up over and, you know, my daughter's like, what's going on, mummy? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's sport it's sport when you have to do, you know yeah you yeah so would jamie current jamie have one last little bit of advice encouragement information little tidbit of knowledge for younger jamie the one advice i guess i would give that nugget of information is just to keep persevering um you know i, th- I think i've probably reflected on that um you know when i talked about you know the, the 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 positive impact of learning and things like that, but it is to is to keep um, to keep persevering and to keep to keep cracking on. Yeah. Um, you know, when I look back at starting uh, too good to go, and it's it's a it's a huge change landscape from what it was back in 2015 to where we are now in 2021. Um, but we would be out knocking on doors, speaking to businesses, trying to engage them. And the amount of closed doors that we had uh, was, well, we probably had more closed doors than we had open doors, to be fair. <laughs> um, but, you know, what we did is we we fundamentally just believed in what it was that we were doing. Um, we saw the value, even if others maybe couldn't quite see it at that time. And it was just a a, a mindset of just keep keep on persevering and keep going. And, you know, I think, you know, what we've worked, been quite lucky to have is instilled us in, instilled in myself from a young age is this is this growth mindset yeah. um, which was always trying to see things with a, a glass half full as opposed to a glass half empty and and to you know how take those disappointments and those challenges of of you know metaphorical and physical doors being closed in yeah. our faces but to um yeah to keep going and keep persevering and um and those opportunities will come brilliant and I'm just going to finish up with a little, well, I'm going to say quote from you, but you know, it's the internet. So <laughs> who knows if it is a quote for you or not, but it's a, basically you said success for us would mean going out of business because food waste doesn't exist. Yes, that does sound like something I said. Excellent. Um, brilliant. <laughs> so that's absolutely brilliant, Jamie. Thank you so much for chatting to me. I know you're very busy. I know you've literally probably, your feet haven't touched the ground for the last few weeks between COP and launching in Ireland and all the rest of it but um well I was gonna say I wish you every success but given your last comment what we what I just said was your uh, sentiment I do wish you every success and then I'm sure you'll have something else after this when we no longer waste food which is a utopia that we hope we'll get to isn't it no amazing no thank you very much for having me um, thanks a million and uh, yeah Please, um, yeah, please wel- welcome me back ne- next time. And I'm, I'm sure we can have even more uh, reflections on, uh, on, on things I'd tell a, young, a, young, a younger Jamie. Brilliant, Jamie. Thanks a million. Tarana. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to A Little Foresight. 
If you enjoyed it, please share with others and like and subscribe. If there's anyone you'd like to hear on the podcast, or if you have any questions or just want to chat about anything spoken about, please do get in touch. It's a little Forsyth on Instagram and little Forsyth on Twitter. Take care and stay safe. Thank you so much for listening to A Little Forsyth. If you enjoyed it, please share with others and like and subscribe. If there's anyone you'd like to hear on the podcast, or if you have any questions or just want to chat about anything spoken about, please do get in touch. It's A Little Forsyth on Instagram and Little Forsyth on Twitter. Take care and stay safe.